Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Scarlett Vespa, I am so excited to have you on my She's the Boss podcast called She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I think I'm a little bit nervous. I have to expose all. <laughs> but I couldn't think it's of a better right. person gonna, yeah, than to I, do it with I'm you. Not, yeah, I'm not going to ask you anything that you don't know the answers to. So let's start off because let's assume that people listening don't know you. Can you tell people what it is that you do now? So right now I have uh, two agencies. I have one that is for organisations uh, that, and I mm-hmm. do their digital marketing, uh, the Conscious Agency. And then I have the Conscious Entrepreneurs, which offers social media and digital marketing for entrepreneurs. And I've also Amazing. got, yeah, and it's great because I think I've just really clear that there's very different needs for both. And of course, I have the Conscious uh, Room, which is a platform, membership platform for people looking for career and small business advice. So normally I would say why, well, well, now I will say, so tell me why you're doing it. And then I want you to take me right the way back to what you wanted to be when you grew up, when you left school <laughs> okay. and how you've ended up doing what you're doing. But let's just start off with your why. Um, My why is very much driven by the need to help community and mm -hmm. to put the right people together. I feel like a bit of a curator of experts and information that helps people be a better version of themselves. And it's interesting because I'm kind of like I was saying to someone the other day is I don't have an off button it's like I'm just meant to be doing this and yes. if, even if everything fell apart, which it has, I got up and I still <laughs> go going. So it is very much my why and I love it because I'm in branding so I totally get that uh, what the why is. Yeah. But talk to me about the conscious part of it. What do you mean by a conscious entrepreneur or conscious design? Well, consciousness is really because of my own experience and understanding that being conscious – I love because it's about taking responsibility for yourself. So when we're in the mode of being conscious, we're present to the choices that we make. We're outside of being reactive. And I right. love that kind of sense of when we're in that place of I'm fully cognitive and aware of what's going on, there's a massive change. And you, you've known that yourself. Sometimes you've gone, oh, my God, I wasn't conscious when I answered that or I don't know where yep. I put because I wasn't in my body. So that's where that really that comes from. I love it. Okay, so uh, let me take you right the way back then because I am really nosy. I know nothing about your background at all. And I'd love to know from really when you, when you finish school, what, has your, what career path have you had that's led you to today? Well, when I finished school, I didn't finish school all the way through. I left a year early because I was very bad at school. I hated it. And I, <laughs> Do you know, almost everyone I, I'm interviewing is pretty similar. So I think there's something to be said for that. Well, was I was, it's funny, it was like a bit of a get out of, um, get out of jail free card because when you're so-called unintelligent or you don't have brains, people don't have any yeah. expectations of you. So I had a very... Um, 
in intellectual family. I had a father as a doctor, a mother as a nurse, my brother's a lawyer, my sister was a scientist, and then there was me. And it was you like you sound like me in my family, the girl <laughs> who's the the slightly crazy one, while they all go off and have proper jobs. <laughs> That's it. I never have a proper job, and it was funny. And I remember at at some point sitting there um, at the dinner table with my family many years ago, and. Um, I was head of broadcast for Commonwealth Bank then. I think I was earning more money than any of them at the table. And it was a fantastic moment because I thought, oh, here you go. You know, it really isn't about, you know, the brains and, and what you what I don't know, it's just not what well, you think Well, it's not the it brains. It's, I think you don't need that formal school structure to be yeah. a smart person. And if you're entrepreneurial, chances are you've got a touch of ADHD anyway, so you're <laughs> going to find school a bit of a challenge. <laughs> Exactly. Because honestly, I, I really believe that I would have been diagnosed that if I yeah, was a kid yeah. because I couldn't keep still. I wasn't interested. I couldn't absorb information. And it looked to this day, to be honest, I don't think I absorb information the same way other people do anyway. So there is a bit of a difference. So what happens? I left school. I went into secretarial college. I was so excited to be out of school because I went to... Um, <laughs> and all your friends who were doing year 12 were probably like, we're so jealous you're earning money and you're doing things in the real world. Well, it was it was interesting. I went to Askin, which was a very um, high profile school and, and very wealthy kids. And, and, right. and I wasn't like that. It was a very... I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in at all, to be honest. And so I think when I left... I felt such great freedom and yep. I loved it and people were normal. You know, they were really nice to you and they spoke to you normally. <laughs> I was just yes. like, I was like, this is so exciting. Anyway, so what I did then is I went to work for my uncle who was another doctor and he um, took me on as a secretary and I loved it. So I was just really interested in boys and clothes and, and it was great. I was had no interest in anything else. If someone had said to me, what are you going to do when you grow up? I'd go, eh. Like I just I'm not going to grow up. I'm not going to grow up. I had no <laughs> intention about anything. Anyway, so what happened for me then is I was at a party and someone said to me, would you like to work at a TV uh, show, on a TV show? And I went, oh, sure. So I put my name down and next thing I was having an interview to be secretary on a TV show called, was it, I can't remember, um, it was for Grundy's. And I kind of remember what the show was. Was it like was. a game show? Oh, it was Waterloo Station. I don't know if you remember Waterloo, Waterloo Station? Station from Grundy's. It was just the one that finished after nurses, whatever that was. Anyway, so I started there, I got the job, and then my life changed. What an amazing first job, can I just say, that you went, yeah, that'd be fine. But, like, so many people would have given their left eye to be able to be on TV. I know, it was amazing. Or to work in TV land, Yeah, anyway. to work in TV land. So that was a whole change of culture, of friendships, of people. And six weeks after starting the job, it got axed. And I remember looking at my oh. friend in the other corner, who's the first AD, going, oh. Uh, but of course, I got a job straight on to a, uh, for Disney. So I went into Disney and. Uh, oh. Yeah. What did I, you do with Disney? Well, I worked on Five Mile Creek, which was a show for two and a half years with many. As do it, what were you doing there? I was production, production okay. secretary, production coordinator, and I worked with the lights of Nicole Kidman, uh, Jack Thompson. Back when she had curly red hair and was Absolutely. 15 or something. Yes. And she was, it was interesting. Was she when, nice? Um, look, we were friends. She was um, cool. She's always a cool, cool kind of customer. Oh, she? Yeah, she's very um, reserved, I think. Right, But she's yeah. actually a very, um, not naughty girl, but she's, she's, yeah, she is a bit of a naughty girl, but I think that's her quirkiness where she has yeah. this reserved piece, but she's actually, you know, lots of fun and has that side to her. 
So anyway, I went on and I was on that show. I moved to Melbourne for a year and I was on the show there as well. I then dated the director for two years. And as you do. As you do. It was a very... How old are you at this stage? At like 19 or something? I was 19, yeah. Right. And it was, look, it changed my life. And then I was in films. So I stayed in production. And But after eight years of doing that, and I worked in different miniseries around in Singapore and different countries. It was quite... Wow, that sounds so glamorous. It was very... I mean, look, it sounds glamorous, but it was a lot of hard work. And yeah, I bet. after eight years, I realised that... I just didn't want eight years to blink. Like, it, honestly, I blinked and eight years went by. And I yeah. didn't want that to happen again. I thought I need to live in the real world. Because honestly, when we when you're shooting, it becomes this very full-on family. Right. And it's very addictive. And everybody has affairs with everybody and it's just full-on. I mean, I'm sure it's, there's a bit of the same here. But it is, it is this seductive industry. So right, I wanted yeah. a little bit of normality. So then I went into um, doing TV ads. And, of course, I was so excited because you earned so much more money in those days. So this is – sorry, so this is at an agency? So did you go and work at an agency as a creative or something? No, or I went in production. So I went into a production company. I went into uh, – like AAV used to be the big one. I always remember that one in South Melbourne. Yeah, it was um, – oh, I can't remember the name. But just for the, for the people that are listening – it doesn't matter so much the name, but for the people that are listening, this is what happens in when they make movies – and TV shows and things, they go off and shoot it and then they send it to a production house, don't they, which is where they edit it, put the titles on it, tidy it up. Well, no, this was actually full on. So what happens is in Adland is so you've got a client which is Burke's Tyres and they go to their agent and say, we want an ad done. The agency write the ad and then the production company is actually appointed to shoot it. So they'll film it. Oh, that kind of a production Yeah, so they'll film it and they'll edit it. They'll do everything. And I went into the production side, of course, because that was my background. I mean, I was doing – I did a film when I was in doing films and miniseries where I had a 1,000 crew to bring into Taviuni, a remote island, and that was through the coup. So that was a whole story in itself. My goodness, that was funny. We had Rambuka to dinner. Um, Who's Rambuka? Come on, Ram, on Rambuka was the um, the general that was running and put uh, Fiji into coup land. And oh, I right. remember going up to the guards and his first general going, "What do you mean you've you've taken rooms away from me? Because I had to house all the crew. That was my job yeah, was to right. look after everybody." And I could see my producer looking at me going. Don't say any more. We're about to get arrested. <laughs> and the next thing he really liked me, he said, okay, you're coming to dinner. And so we're all, anyway, it was a very interesting time. So that was what I did. I had huge production where I'd be looking after a thousand crew and cast coming into an island. And then suddenly I go to a production company where there's 10 crew. And, you know, there's nothing. And I remember the producer handing me the brief and I went... And more money. And, and more money. She goes, and I go, is this all you want me to do? And I was thinking, God, I'll have that done in five minutes. So anyway, <laughs> that was my job. I loved it. I stayed in, um, in production and it was an amazing journey. And then what happened was I fell pregnant and I ended up getting married for... And I... Just, what sort of age are you at that stage? I was 27. Okay, baby. Uh, baby. I was a baby and, and it was so funny because I'd never thought about having a baby and I remember him saying to me, I should have had this as a sign with my marriage, but he said, are you sure, you know, like I'm happy to do whatever you want to do? And I said, oh, no, I'm having the baby. Like, I mean. This was kidding? what your hubby said. Yeah, well, he wasn't my yeah. hubby then. We just split up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we then 
yeah, we had the baby and my life changed. And that was a very pivotal point. I was just loved this beautiful little thing that came into the world. And that actually set me on a course to want to direct. So in, so let me just wind you back though. So you've got a young baby. You Are you still in a relationship or did that end very fast? I'm still, no, we're still, he, I actually gave him a choice. I said to him, it's okay now. I have the baby. You don't have to stay with us. <laughs> and I, because, you know, when you have a child, you suddenly go, I don't need you anymore. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't need you anymore. And it wasn't even, I said it very heartfelt and said, if you're not happy, because I could tell he was not happy, what I didn't realize, he just wasn't happy generally. But the thing is, then we stayed together and we had a good marriage for 10 years. And he was yep. a cameraman, actually. And we had a very happy household. And during that time, it was... What happened was I'd had my, I started my own production company and, but I felt like I needed to, actually the comment was, if I can have a baby, I can direct. And so. Oh, good woman. And I was one of the first three female directors because there weren't many then. And it was a very male dominated area. But it was quite child friendly, was it? As in you were able to bring your baby along with you? Or did that sort of work Um, for you? Only because it was my production company. Right. If it wasn't, no. But right, I right. I had him, I had a nanny with me, I'd have him on my hip and, you know, I did everything all at once. I had people running around, it was a madhouse, but it was fantastic. And in those days, you know... What sort I of was, shows were you directing? Well, no, it was TV ads. So I was doing TV okay. ads. Okay, yep, 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 gotcha. And, oh, yeah, I couldn't have done... Because films and, and doing series with a baby would have been a nightmare because that's gruelling. That's 6am till 9 at night. You couldn't have done yep. it. Yeah. But in ads, it was great. So I was able to take him in and, you know, it was really good for me because I saw the creative side. I'd never been able to really, I have this enormous creative ability. I have sing and I write and I draw and I, you know, all this other side, my spiritual side. And then I had this production side, which is very, you know, organized. And so when I, yeah, tactical. (laughs) when I brought it together, it was like that moment of, oh, wow. Oh, this all, I make sense now. And so right. when I directed, I was getting a lot of work and even though I was female, which was a big thing. And then I ended up getting into, I'm divorced and I yep. ended up going to Canberra because I was very spiritual and joined a Buddhist group. So I was wow. a single mum in Canberra. I was doing a lot Have of you work dropped there. out of working? Like in the Buddhist group, was that go and live in with them so you didn't need to work or? No, it was funnily enough, when I moved to Canberra, I ended up working a lot in Sydney. So I used to drive up to Sydney once a week for work. Right. And as a single mum, that was really hard. I remember getting calls going, your son needs you and jumping in the car and going back. And yeah, so right. it was full on amazing what you do. And then what happened was I decided to leave the Buddhist group because I'd met someone and I came back to Sydney. I think I actually, I can't even remember. I think I just came back to Sydney because the work got too hard to travel and work. And so I moved back. Still a Buddhist? Still a Buddhist. Yeah. But it was waning because what people don't realise is when you, well, what I realise is that I just really uh, exchanged my Catholicism for my Buddhism. Right, so and you were still using religion as a yes, prop. Is that yeah? The best way and of- I think I, I think I realised that, and I was starting to find my own strength. And and oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had amazing journeys. I went to Nepal and 
and I learned so much about the mind. The thing is about Buddhism, yeah. it's very hard. It's very strict and it's very hard, but I did learn a lot and and my teachers were just beautiful and they still are. I mean, Did you stay in Nepal? Like did you go and do retreats and things yeah, like so there t- with, where yeah. you don't speak? Uh, no, I definitely spoke. Well, no, you couldn't speak during the day. It was very hard for me because I still love shopping. So I was uh, still over in Nepal looking <laughs> Going around all the little market stalls just <laughs> I, to be able to buy things. I do. They used to look at me, all the, the very dedicated Buddhists going, oh, what's she doing now? But I think, you know, for me, my karma and being able to be with them was extraordinary. So I must have had some past life with um, the group that I was with. In any case, I came back to Australia and I then got offered a job to work as head of broadcast for Commonwealth Bank. And so I went in and that was... Amazing. Can I just ask why does the Commonwealth Bank need a head of broadcast? What, well, it was an ag- it was the agency for it, but oh, it, yeah, okay. but it was a new model. It was a transparent model that was very much part of the bank. So right. the creative director that was in there and the owner of that part of it knew me, and we'd worked together on Amex in jobs. So I went in, and it was very nerve wracking for me. It was my first full time job, but I was a single mom, and I was grateful for the work. And I had to give up. This is it. I'm going to give up directing. I was producing, I had to let it go, and it was, oh, my goodness. But you know what? It was my most creative time in that six years ever, and I loved it. I got to... How amazing to go and work for a bank and it unleashed all your creativity. It was incredible, incredible. And I had such beautiful people I worked with, and I really, it really was a very happy time for me, and I was single, and I bought... Also, okay, so what happened was the, the work side was fantastic, full on. My, one of my teams said to me, okay, it's time that you met someone. So I went on to um, – actually, no. So what happened? That was the next stage. Sorry, I'll just go back a step. <laughs> I'll just go back a step. I met someone at a party and I think because I'd just been over the divorce, yeah. um, I fell in love, we're engaged, and he was um, had certainly emotional issues. And I found myself in a very precarious situation with someone that I really shouldn't have been with. But we bought a house in Scotland Island together. Oh. And so now, sorry, for those of us that don't live in Sydney, Scotland Island is up near Pittwater. It's Pit up near Pittwater, yeah. So yeah. it's beautiful. So here I was. I was driving him in a boat to work every day. It took me two hours. I drove my son to school. I mean, I don't know how I did it. I used to drive <laughs> in the pouring rain on this boat and then tie up to four boats and get in the house. And it's amazing what you do when you have to... Anyway, so that ended up rather badly, that relationship. We sold the house and I moved to Newport. And I found myself in a, in a kind of a, a pivotal point. This is one of them where I went, I'd much prefer to be with, uh, by myself than be with the wrong person. Yes, and isn't that a moment in, that, in a lot of women's lives? It was. It was a great, it's a great moment. moment and I fell in love with me. I started doing yoga. I started eating well and... And it was funny because at that time I'd met this incredible feng shui woman and I remember bringing her to my house. I don't know how we met actually. And she said, oh, you're never going to find a husband with kitchen over there. And I remember going, (laughs) oh, well, I better move it. (laughs) But how interesting that I had found a house that was very So you moved the kitchen? No, I moved house. So (laughs) I moved house. All right, okay, that sounds better. Yes, and we moved house and I went with my son and I to Manly. And, in fact, he went then to live with his dad. And that was very challenging for me. I was, you know, kind of heartbroken. But uh, it was best for him because his dad was living with actually a friend of mine but um, or married to a friend of mine. And 
So I well, that sounds like a story. Yes, in itself, that's but a story in itself. We won't go there. But he, so we we're in Manly, and I had the whole place fungshuate out all properly, and then I fell in love with me. And it was funny; I really felt like I was in love, but I wasn't with anyone. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? What like floating on a cloud? Yes, and, you just and keep, I just knew oh. what happened. And then I met my now husband, who's my soulmate. So feng shui Wonderful. does work, I can tell you. So after that period, and so does, but yes. so does falling in love with yourself. I think yes. for me, as soon as you said that, I thought for all the women that I know, almost everybody has that moment um, when you give up on guys and you go, you know what, it's all about me and what I want to do, and that's when the men come. That's it. Not that I want to simplify it, but it just seems no, to happen so often it like did. that. It did, and I think the thing is that you vibrationally attract where you're at. And I think yep. that's the work I've done. Look, all my life I have done personal development work. I mean, that's the one piece that has run through my journey. I've always seen energy healers, psychics. I've done so many self-help courses. I was one of the first ones to do EST and Forum. I don't know if you've heard it. And that was life-changing for me from someone who used to get cold sores weekly uh, from, I think, of just not valuing myself. I never got one again after doing the wow, course. Wow, amazing. So tell me that the body really does respond to the thinking and the thought process of the mind. So anyway, I was then, I'd met my partner. We've been now, uh, just celebrated 12 years of marriage, 15 years together. And we, what happened was we got a place together. I was still working at the agency. And then my son came back to move in back in with us. And really from that point is, I think this is where it was an interesting change. Uh, the agency uh, basically stopped. It was bought out or I think, I don't know what happened. Something happened so with the So you stopped with Commonwealth Bank. Yes, I stopped working with Commonwealth Bank. I then didn't like working with Singletons. It was very male-dominated and, and I remember... <laughs> well, look at the CEO, John Singleton. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he... And I remember sitting there as one of the creators who's with me and we're working on a Coca-Cola job. And I get excited about everything, you know. And I said, oh, wow, that's so good. And he goes, really, do you think that's good? Do you think I really care what that's good? And it was so funny because the first thought that went through my head was, I'm a mother. You can't speak to me like that. I'm a mother. <laughs> it's just like, it's funny the things that go through your head. And I remember ringing up and saying, I'm resigning today to, to my, my then boss. And he was very upset and they tried to keep me. I said, no, it's time to go. And that's when I started my new business. They actually gave me some business to start with, which was fantastic. And So is was, that bringing you through to the conscious agency? Well, what not happened? At that no, stage. not at that stage. I then started a production company and I joined forces with another business partner. And this is where really the big um, change happened for me, which was very scary, which was I'd set up an agency which was a studio and an edit suite and I I then had a session with a psychic who said to me, oh, you should be on the other side of the camera. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm very good at helping people be great in front of the camera because I'm a director, you know, that's yeah. my job. No, 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 you're meant to be doing great things and helping people. I was like, oh. So I got off that conversation and it was like a Shazam moment because – I had been doing all this personal development work as well as the directing, but then to kind of bring it into the work I was doing to actually mm. help people through my video work, I had never even thought of. So I then, uh, within a week, I'd set up to do 50 interviews with people. I did a, 
a sizzle reel. I was on a plane to Cannes. I was going to see, you know, producers in Hollywood. And so I set off with my husband. Now, that is a story in itself, that journey. So so hang on a minute. So you were heading off there to go and see if you could get picked up as the talent. No, I had set up, I had created a, a film called or a show called Love Dream Believe. And I'd interviewed people around how to have success in your life. What was the pivotal okay. point in your personal development that actually shifted things for you? Now, to be wow, honest, that sounds amazing. Well, that theme, to be honest, hasn't really changed to now. It's no. just been redressed, really, when I look back at my journey on that and that stage. And that was probably 10 years ago, nine, ten years ago. So I went over. That was a journey. The first night we arrived in L.A., um, in the middle of the night, I walked into a pillar and split part of my head open and then (laughs) and then we had two big black burly guys come up to the hotel room who was looking at my gorgeous little husband who wouldn't hurt a fly saying how did she get this cut and I remember thinking oh my goodness oh my god domestic violence domestic violence because they have to report it so that was the beginning of our trip then I realized that you can't just show up in LA you have to have things booked I had one contact which we were waiting for and Look, there was a whole lot of journey, um, which I won't go into now, but it was very interesting time, very challenging. Um, I ended up going to Cannes. We flew over to Cannes, uh, which was booked to MIPCOM. We met Warner Brothers. I had some people that would set up. Um, and I think I got more introductions because of my name, Scarlett Vespa. Warner Brothers wanted well, to Well, and in fact, we should <laughs> let's just address that little, that little point. Is it really your name or did you rename yourself? Well, Vespa is my surname. Um, right. Because I was married, I married Maurizio Vespa, so I took his name. Right. My birth name is Maurizio Vespa part of the Vespa motorcycle no, family. No, no, no. He's Just... the, actually it's the Mancini, the music Mancini was, a bit, uh, oh, okay. was his family. But he uh, no, so I took his name. But I was born Elizabeth Ann Hagen. That was my birth right. name. And what happened was that part of my family, one of them was Scarlett, who was the shame of the family or something. So I always want, love that name. So what happened was when I was in that business 10 years ago, my beautiful feng shui friend said to me, I said, she said, oh, yes, I do names for people. I said, oh, really? Do you do work out names? And she said, yes, yes. And I said, work out mine. And she goes, are you sure? And I went, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. And she goes, oh, it means poverty and loneliness from middle age. I went, oh, well, I'll be just changing my name then. So what happened was, it's funny because I, I was uh, Elizabeth Vespa, I, I think for a minute, because I'm my married first Were you married. Elizabeth or Liz? I was Liz. So when I was first married, I was Liz Brock. So I was, that was my surname, Liz Brock. And then, gosh, it's so funny even saying it now, Liz Brock. <laughs> and then what happened is I was Liz Vespa for a minute. Actually, was I married? No, I don't think I was. I can't even remember. Isn't that terrible? But I think what happened was also, which is so interesting, you know your signatures rec- re- uh, represent your lifeline. Did you know that? No. So what do you, you mean? If you write your signature, um, so for example, if I, I write my signature, which you can't see, I know because we're on a podcast, but I'm just showing, yes. showing here. You see, that was my old signature. And my right. old signature flatlined from the middle when I was Elizabeth Hagen. Right. So that's your timeline. So make sure when you do your signature that you keep it up at the end because <laughs> you want things to go well. So I just couldn't believe because she was pointed that out as well. 
So anyway, I went, oh my goodness, I'm going to change my name. So I took my husband's name and then I took on Scarlett. And it was a very decisive, clear, no second thoughts move. And in fact, when I think about it now, I don't, I couldn't be anything else. Like you know. No, I, I think, and it's just such a good name. It really is such a good name. Um, so now just to, to keep going along where you were, I'm, I'm looking for that light bulb moment that you decided to set up the Conscious Entrepreneur. What, what, so what, what provoked so that? So what happened then is then after... Or the, well, the Conscious yeah, Agency, Yeah, after I, I then went over to America and we came back and everything was happening, I came back and I lost everything. So my business partner had... I won't go into it apart from there are many reasons why I won't talk about it at the moment, but... One of them is just all you need to know is that I came back and lost everything. You lost business. everything. So we're not talking just business, house and everything? All yes, went? house. Right. I lost the house, lost super. Golly. So at that point, it was such a shock. And I remember people saying to me when I went on that personal development journey, which took me to America and had that pivotal moment where I had the psychic reading and someone said, you should be doing you know, being in front of the camera and following your heart and being that kind of teacher, right. um, everything kind of fell apart, really. And so that was the next bit. We had a very difficult, challenging journey in America. I came back, lost everything. And I remember being in the shower at one point going, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, like I, I felt know like that feeling yeah, so well. Yeah, it's like I was just dying. But then you, I, my, I describe it as being frozen. You just kind of go, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything until I work out what the hell I should I know, do. In and this it was circumstance. it was kind of going beyond. And I had this moment in the shower where I went, Oh my goodness, you know what? I'm not my job. I'm not my body. I'm not what I have. I no one can take my heart, my soul, my experiences, my mind, my everything for me. Now, from that moment, everything changed. And Amazing. so what started to happen was because I always worked, regardless of whether I had money, I always had work, but I didn't yep. get any work for a year. And all my friends were like, what? But what it was when I look back now was the universe going, you have to actually redirect your life and have that career change. So what I did was I started learning how to build websites. I started learning how to do graphic design. Everything that I had on that kind of part of me that knew um, how to do that creative part, I brought to life by doing branding. And then someone had said to me, oh, Amazing. you did that website can you, logo. Can you do mine? Can you do mine? So I started the business. And then I started getting more video and ads and then I started creating, you know, just my normal business started coming back in. So then I set up the business and... So what, this stage is at the Conscious Agency, had you called no, it that? No, this stage it was, um, I think it was called oh, kind of Brand to Success or something. I had okay. a name which I was just yep. churning along. But then what happened was I started to realise for women over 40, there was no place. And I remember looking at Vogue going... Um, I five sister. <laughs> that is so sadly true. It's so sad. Uh, um, are you talking about no place in the, in the sort of in the male business world? Nowhere. Sort of thing? No, just generally, like we yeah. didn't, like we felt invisible, and so I started the style of Mrs V, which was a platform probably about five or six years ago, which was really originally it was actually called the State of Mrs Vogue. 
because I looked at Vogue. The state was, of Mrs. Mrs. Vogue. Okay. Because there was Teen Vogue, there was Miss Vogue, and there was not like, where's Mrs. Vogue? So I started saying yeah. Mrs. Vogue, and of course, and I had it all trademarked, but then Vogue came after me. So <laughs> and it was kind of a compliment, really, but I, I had to change you it. You didn't I, turn around to them and go, and could you learn from this and actually do something <laughs> for people our age? <laughs> exactly. No, I, um, the guy who owns it, I heard, is very, um, you know, when he's onto something, you have to kind of get out of the way. So, yeah. But I did, and I didn't want it to be, it wasn't about Vogue anyway it was just no. that kind of moment so I knew that I'd drop the Vogue and have V because I'm Mrs V so this is where the Mrs V brand started right and so what I did was in, within three or four months I had 60 um, ambassadors and collected for the state of uh, the style of Mrs V so I changed the style of Mrs V and I did two events that ran in a year consecutively which were very successful we did at the Langham and I yep. had about um, I think 25 speakers in yeah, that right. day and it was just sensational it had there was a energy change in the room it was beautiful and I wanted and I still will be doing events but then what happened was I started to shift and change as you evolve and I think the the next moment for me really was around the career and really wanting to help people in the career change because I saw technology stepping in people were getting fearful about losing their jobs and that was the change and that was the kind of light bulb going, I'm going to do the conscious room, which was really right. about helping us navigate that time. Because we, whether we have a business or in working at a business, we have a career. And yeah. so I wanted to support people in that career space because I believe it is the modern day rite of passage, our careers, mm-hmm. and it shows up. And those challenges in our careers really really send way for what is happening. And I can verify that because of my own life. So I started The Conscious Room from there and it was always due to come out on March. Yeah. And then COVID came. And I just couldn't believe because it was about career crisis and I was thinking, oh, this is kind of an interesting moment. And so where I am with that is that it's kind of that catapulting into that pivotal time right now, which is what people need support with is this journey of change and in their career and that's really where it all came to wow well how fascinating especially I love asking people when they finish school what did they do because talk about I would never have known you had that huge career in in sort of you know visual production of different kinds so that's amazing and so um what other questions was I going to ask you? Because we've answered quite a few of them in this yeah. one where I'm like, why did you set it up and what was the light bulb moment? So tell me along the way, and you, and I'm only putting you kind of uh, on the spot here, so don't worry if the answer is I can't think of anyone. But because this show is about women helping women and it's about um, being a boss as a woman, have there been some women that you can think of along the way that have been there to help you through difficult times or to help you change your mind I mean obviously the feng shui woman I would say is one of them yes but are there other women that have sort of helped you at a pivotal time in your career look I think in terms of being in the career and and look I think this has been a really uh, challenging part for me is that most of the women that I've been around with not close friends and I'm very blessed to have a good group of close friends have been um, not so uh, helpful coming forward. I've felt there's been jealousy around things and there's been a competitive nature, which has been really upsetting for me because I believe there's no competition. 
No, I, and I believe that too. But somebody did say to me the other day, I don't know what planet you're on, Jules, but women aren't always nice to each other. And I said, but I don't think I've ever experienced anyone being awful. And they said, well, that's you're just really lucky. And that's obviously the energy you put out. But I don't see it very often. I've probably only seen it a couple of times in my life, but I know it's out there. Oh, it's definitely. I mean, I felt it very much in working in film and TV. It's very yeah. strong there and very competitive. Actually, someone was telling me they were working in the States and they're so competitive there. They will be, if you bring them in on a job, they'll go behind your back and, and out you to get the job. It is horrible, oh. like really horrible. So the thing is that I think on that side, no. My close friends and the people that I've brought into the conscious room and what I'm doing is, yes, you know, there's yeah, a real right. heartfelt because I think my main thing is I want to be around people who understand that, you know, on our lives we're on a journey and it is an evolution and we are going through massive change. We do need support. People are people though and human beings are generally in that struggle mode at the moment so they don't know how to move forward and it's, yeah, right. it's hard and I think we're all in that place of we're wanting to get our business going because we're in survival but at the same time and you have to be kind of I think authentic and really upfront about your agenda I think yep. that's really important um, but I couldn't I'm, agree with you more I am so about transparency yeah because I think it's an authenticity I mean I know they're words that are banded around everywhere but they do mean something and I also feel that now is a time of change for women. I just can, I just can feel it like in my guts that oh. this is now our time to rise. And we've had an opportunity where the whole world is being is sort of on stop and reset or pause and reset. And it's our, our jobs really now to make this change that we've been talking about and wanting for years and make it actually happen. Oh, totally. And you know that we've moved from an, and I'll just go into my energy spin here. Yeah, go and on. the thing <laughs> is that we've moved from a patriarchal society to matriarchal now. So it's very much the female, this is all female energy now. So is this, so how do you, what do you mean by we've moved well, from patriarchal to in, in matriarchal? In energy terms, um, and there is a whole thing, but I don't know. Is this what like the world? What I mean is, is that the world? It's is the now world. Changing? It's the total world. So we have been under male dominated energy, which means that it's all been about. Oh, there's no doubt about you that. Know, <laughs> and it's all been about being organized and doing, doing, doing. Very doing, doing, brain. doing. So it's very, that's a male yang energy. We're now in yin. Now, what is yin energy is about being, it's yep. about allowing, and it's about the opposite of doing. So it just means flow. So what happens is our corporate structures are now being taken down. Look what's happening yes. around us. Um, and we're going to have to go into this place of how do we trust? Because as a female, we're so intuitive. And we've been blocked off to that intuition and we're so kind of have everything inside of us and we have to learn to trust that safety and that ability to know that everything's okay. Oh, when, I love this bit. I yes, love this, Scarlett. Because, you know, the thing is that we're, that's what we're learning to do because at the moment the, the world is changing and falling apart on some level. So what is people going there panicking and trying to grab things outside of themselves but, in fact, we have to turn it's inwards. all inside and this is everything and I think that was the main thing if anything from the conscious room is I'm wanting people to learn to trust themselves and take individual responsibility because the problem is that we think 
that if we put the power out there and we're saying that you make that happen for us, we're actually disempowering ourselves. Absolutely. So, so whatever happens out there, we have to just take our own responsibility for it. And and how long is this energy period supposed to last? I mean, how, how long was the patriarchal one? Is that like the last 200 years? Yes. And so right. now it's a massive change. We're also moving, which is a bit scary, we're moving from an earth energy in two, or a year into fire. So earth is all about stability, which is kind of, and we're going into fire, which really represents change and spirituality. Oh my God, I love it. This is why it's my time, because I'm a Virgo, <laughs> which is an earth sign, and I'm a fire horse, which is the fire sign. Uh, not that we're talking about me, but oh my God, I love you saying <laughs> that. <laughs> and it's true. And so this is the time of going, what lights you up? What is your role on the planet? How can you be of service? And it's so funny because um, I was just talking to um, a dear friend who's also psychic. I have a lot of energy healers and psychics I go to, to be honest. That's been my support. That's your thing. And I have yep. beautiful friends that have always been there to bounce off that I trust. But what happens is when you go and have an energy reading or a psychic, I'd go in and say kind of, what do I need to hear now? Rather than going, oh, my God, they're going to tell me something. It's more like a message. What's my higher self telling me? That's a great way to kind of approach it. But in terms of it's really rethinking, you know, outside the box. I mean, part of me, my vision is to have a TV show. Like, that's what I ultimately want. I love interviewing people. Well, you've people. got one. Let's tell everyone you've got one. Oh, yes, I do have on one. TV, you silly dag. <laughs> <laughs> tell everyone about that. Oh, yes, I've got the Conscious Room TV show, which is on YouTube. And it's... Um, We've got season one just finished, which is great. I still haven't cut the uh, finished the last four, which will be starting to be released from about two weeks um, because of the COVID hit and everything kind of went out the window. For and a that's minute. free, isn't it? It's free TV. People can go and watch yeah, those episodes on YouTube it. and absolutely, learn from them. Absolutely. And then the next season is going to be really about doing some the interviews as well, but some makeovers, some t- transformation stuff to help people, which I love doing. Oh my that. god! Everybody loves a before and yes, after. Yes, love a before and after. Fantastic. So now let's just talk a little bit about running your own business and having a life and that juggle that we all have because I've I've been asking everyone this and it's fascinating to hear the answers, particularly when if it's your own business and it's your passion, how do you draw the line and stop yourself working every hour that God sends because it doesn't feel like work? So I'm interested (laughs) to know, have you got, how are you juggling that and what sort of hours you work? Look, I'm I'm probably a bad example because I work a lot of hours. I work pretty much every day. You'd be typical, day. I would say, of yeah. all the people I've interviewed <laughs> <laughs> and myself. <laughs> I work I work all the time because I love it. And I mean, yep. even though you know, part of what I do and half of what I'm doing, or most of it actually, two thirds is for clients. Like I'm doing all their social media and helping them, but I love that because it's creative. I get to be talking. Because I love, there most of them are coaches, and I love what they're yeah. doing, and it's astrologists, blah blah. So I think what the biggest thing is, I'm learning to listen to my body because my body tells me when it's time to stop, um, yeah. and also I think you know time on the computer is really having a bit of an impact has been lately on me. And so it's forcing me. And I know when my body starts to respond, I have to listen. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing more than ever. And, you know, it is. It's like stepping off. So are you giving yourself evenings and weekends off yet? No. Have you listened to your body enough? No, not at all. No, (laughs) not at all. No, I'm doing, uh, what am I doing? I'm doing mini breaks. I'm doing more mini breaks. So I get up and I move around and I then spend that time because I love having things in front of me and just ideas that pop up and, 
you know, I think doing the video work and doing more stuff because I do my sacred space on a Sunday night. So I'm, I'm getting to do more things and more engagement because I think what happens, I'm a maker. I love making yep. things and to then do stuff that's engaging inside that has been a big shift for me. So Yeah, right. Yeah. Great. Okay, now here's a good one for you. And yeah. you've told us so many really things today that it, you may have already covered it. But is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Uh, the quirky facts, I think. Could um, be something you love to do or something that happened to you or. Well, there are lots of quirky things. What's it I'd <laughs> want to talk about? Let me just think. Look, I sing and write. So I do. That's a kind of a quirky thing I love. Have you ever perform. Have you ever got up on a stage and sung? Yes, or? I used to be in a band. I used to be oh, in a band. What was the band? Was it one we would know? No. Good God, just No, it was in pubs and stuff. I used to actually, one of the queen, I used to, bar, so my band, my first band was with the drummer of Noiseworks and was with the singer of Leonardo's Bride. So wow. we were three in the band and we used to busk up at King's Cross. And, wow. Um, and that's yes, a good fact. That's a good fact. So that was one thing <laughs> they used to do. And then, yeah, I draw, like I love doing, I'm just starting to bring drawing into my work and, and I think... Well, you're so incredibly creative that, you know, you might as well use all your skills... And it's and, hard. And for it's the benefit hard, of the rest of us. Well, I think that's the one thing I'd just like to say for those who do have a few skills and find it hard sometimes and they go, which one do you focus on? Uh, my only advice is to actually let them allow to kind of flow and come in and, and go with the one that's calling to you and don't worry that the other ones will come in because that's been a big thing for me over my Yeah, I have journey. to say my part, I'm, so, I'm incredibly disorganised and my beautiful boyfriend, when I was trying to work out whether I should sell my house in order to put it in to the business and what should I do and everything was sort of uh, going down around my ears he said write it all down so we wrote it down on different bits of paper and spread it out and I just over the day kept on looking at it and I became incredibly clear which one I should do and why I should do it just by putting it out there and letting myself like you say sort of flow really yeah. and kind of be attracted to one really obviously over all the others oh I love right that. Now, I've got another – these are really silly questions, but I love asking them anyway because I'm obsessed with apps on my phone. I love them. Some people are, some people aren't. But what would be the two most useful apps on your phone outside of bank and email and things that, you know, are more oh, boring, um, particularly for business? Oh, for business. Do you have oh, any that you well, use Otter, for business? Otter, I just love. Otter is fabulous, which is the fabulous. Tran live transcriptions you get 10 hours a month and it's a free app and you can just turn it on and it'll transcribe things. I think you might have learned about that at my PR Accelerator. <laughs> I think so. That's it. Yes. No, I know. I, <laughs> I think I did. I but think it's I a did. great one. Uh, the other one is Void of Course, which is iLuna. It's called what? Sorry? It's Void of Course. So Void of Course. Void of Course. It's called iLuna and it's actually, if you're into astrology, you shouldn't do any new business when it's void of course, which means the moon is hidden or something. There's something around it. So my astrology client has definitely taught me um, to look for that. So the that's very important for me, the void of course. Okay. And <laughs> okay. And then I'm just having a look here if I have any other ones. I'm not a, look, to be honest, I'm not a big um, No, well, also person. you're a Mac owner and I think a lot of the Macs you can have on your laptop that I can't. So I spend a lot of time on my phone downloading things and whatever. And then do you have a fun one? Are you a game player on your phone? 
No, never. 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 Never do (laughs) I think of everyone I've interviewed, I might be the only one who ever does that. (laughs) There is a certain type. My husband's a Virgo and he has games. He loves games. So maybe it's a Virgo I I didn't think I would love them, but when I got my first iPhone, I think I'd had it for nearly a year before I discovered that you could download games and I became obsessed with flight control, which is all about helping planes land. Oh, my God, he would love that. He's obsessed with planes. What's yeah. that one called? That's it's so called funny. flight control. You've got to get it. And it has jumbo jets and helicopters and light planes and normal um, DC-3s, and they all come in at different speeds and they all have their own runway, different runways. So you've got to manage all the flights crossing over and not let them crash. Oh, my goodness, Jules, this is just going to make my husband's <laughs> day. Go. Can I just tell you? He's my going work to be is done. so happy, so happy. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I still love it. I downloaded it again recently. All right. Well, Scarlett, that has just been the best chat. Thank you so much. Can you tell everyone if they want to get hold of you, what is the best way to get hold of you? Best way is to go to theconsciousroom.com. Mm. I yep. think that's the best way because um, all the links there and you can find me. So just look Great. at that, all the conscious entrepreneurs, uh, anything conscious really, I'm there, the conscious agency. <laughs> <laughs> look, I've well, got actually someone found me recently said, I put in conscious social media and you came up and I went, oh, good, the SEO is working. Oh, that's yes, great. I learned that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, thank you for a wonderful chat and you are a total inspiration. Thank you. And um, I will let you. you know when this is up and happening. Wonderful. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. That was great. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this She's the Boss chat episode. It was great to have you here. If you want to stay in touch, you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with She's the Boss. Firstly, I've got the She's the Boss show, which is on Ticker TV. Now, you can watch that either on tickertv.com.au or you can download the Ticker app from any of the app stores. So Apple and Android, and they've got an app that is for your phone, for your iPad or tablet, and for the smart TV. Or you could join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to she'stheboss.com.au and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode.